0: It's been seven years since we started the Law Matters radio show with the intent to open the lines of communication between you and all law enforcement agencies. Over the course of the last few years, we have become painfully aware of the negative headlines national media has projected across the country, specifically designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose jobs it is to enforce it. Law Matters show wants you to hear from the source rather than a misleading soundbite, so you can decide for yourself. It's time we really listen to and support those who spend their lives protecting us. We want you to join us by leading the way and thanking them for their service and keeping this conversation going. Please help support the Law Matters 501c3 mission at lawmatters1030.org. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. This morning, we have Sheriff Daniels from Cochise County in studio, and we have his commander, Watson. That's a good name. And on the phone, we have Hal Comfort, the CEO of GRIP. And we're going to get a quick update on Ukraine. If anybody has any questions, go ahead and ask him. Good morning, Hal.
1: Good morning, Sherry. I hope all is going well. It and, is. Uh, so I'll far, be, so good, but there's cool. still time. It's going to be cool and refreshing out there in uh, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 150 degrees. Uh, well, things are heating up over in... Uh, in ukraine uh the, uh the uh the big announcement yesterday is that we're going to send what are called cluster bomb munitions uh dual purpose improved conventional munitions or DPICM. uh i have a little history with that going back about 35 plus years uh when we first introduced them or when we we're starting to use them more prevalently in the u.s military but uh, it's basically, it's a, it's a bomb with a lot of little submunitions or bomblets inside. And it can be put in artillery shells, rockets, it can be dropped from planes and larger bombs. And it spreads over an area. And they're kind of sort of, they're not smart bombs per se, but they're, they're a, they're a shape charge. And they conform to whatever they hit. So if they hit armor, they turn into a shape charge that blows a hole through the armor. And if they hit, like, a bunker, a softer target, or somewhere else, they turn into more of a, a wider explosive shrapnel-type effect, uh, taking out those. Very, very useful munitions. The, the problem they've always had is dud rates. Uh, in Desert Storm, uh, I can tell you, we rolled into positions, and uh, we had to be very careful where we are walking and, and driving because we realized we'd hit it, but not all those little... Uh, 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 cluster bomb units had gone off so we had to be very very careful that we didn't actually step on them uh they have a pretty um a negative reputation internationally there's a treaty with over 100 countries signed on to it so they will not use them however ukraine is not a signatory we're not a signatory russia's not a signatory russia's been using them extensively their dud rate is about 30 to 40 percent uh our dud rate uh, is about 2.5% now with those munitions, so it's much lower. Uh, Russia condemned us today for using these munitions, which was the height of irony, considering they've been using them the entire war. Uh, Ukraine's been using them in their, in their inventory as well. But they're going to be very effective, the ideal weapon for going against those uh, uh, Russian defensive zones that they're up against right now. So that's the big story this week, or I should say, in the last couple of days. <laughs> In
0: the last couple um, of days, yeah. There's a lot going on all over the place. Oh, but, yeah.
1: And then uh, uh, the other thing, uh, of course, is uh, uh, still a lot of fighting going on. Ukraine's making uh, uh, gains. One thing kind of interesting is they've been they've been moving concertedly around Bakhmut, you know, that city that Russia, that Putin made so famous that that he says the Wagner group took. This right. was back before Wagner, of course, tried to take him out. But uh um but uh according to today what i saw is they said effectively the ukrainians have cut off the russian forces in bakhmut doesn't mean they've surrounded them doesn't mean they've completely encircled them but they said as far as getting stuff in and out of bakhmut reinforcing the russians that the ukrainians have them pretty much cut off from reinforcement i thought that was a from a tactical perspective that's a significant gain that they've made is to be able to do that. Um, one thing I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it, uh, and it sounds like it's something out there. As you know, one of the things I do is I, I go over and work on uh, maritime security matters around the world to include the Pacific. And uh, you may see in the news today that there, the Philippines are showing a, a lot of aerial photos of a lot of Chinese vessel, vessels in their exclusive economic zone. And these are fishing vessels. They're illegally fishing in Philippine waters. Um, this is a big issue with all countries uh, there because China claims this huge thing they call the nine-dash line where they basically claim waters that are under international law controlled by countries like Vietnam, Malaysia, the Philippines. they they basically saying we control your waters right up until your territorial line. As opposed to your exclusive economic zone. Well, this is a huge, huge issue, and that's the issue that underlines the ban on Barbie uh, in the Vietnam and in the Philippines. Is because there's a scene in Barbie where she's got the Chinese claim of the nine dash line. Interestingly, you know, they said, "Oh, it's just an oversight when we're filming the movie." As it turns out, Warner Brothers has put out a number of movies that have featured things that are like uh, that are basically uh, featuring some Chinese claims that are not recognized in international law. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That happened to hit today. The Barbie thing has been in the news, that Barbie movie. And I just find it very interesting. But, but one of the things about the South China Sea, we're all focused on the possible war against Taiwan. The first shooting war over there may be somewhere a little bit further afield, like in Philippine waters, and it may be over something like fishing. Well, wow. and 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 that may drag us in. So it may seem like a kind of a silly thing in the news, but this is a very this is deadly serious business uh, in the South China Sea. So I just like to mention that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did. I I'm waiting for them to send out a, a warrant for Barbie's arrest.
1: So. Well, I, I will tell you, Ken has said nothing. Consistently, so <laughs> just, I just, just want go figure. That, you know. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate your update, and uh, you're going to be on for the whole show next week. Yes.
1: So we, yeah, need, we, be, yeah.
0: we need to prepare.
1: Okay. All Sounds right. Good.
0: You can take notes. Well. You have a good right, weekend.
1: <laughs> okay. You too, Sherry. All Thanks. Right.
0: Bye. Okay, like I said in the studio, we have Sheriff Daniels and Commander Watson.
2: Sherry, good morning how are you good it's been a while it's nice to see you again I know
0: where have you been
2: I know working (laughs) I I gotta say we've had some busy times down in Cochise and uh and with me is my operations commander Bob Bob Watkins today with me
0: so let's start with the border situation what's you're you know on the front line tell us what's going on for real
2: let me just say this we've always taken a very proactive stance my leadership team and I when it comes to Doing our job, and my oath of office says that when it comes to their quality of life, is to protect them. And so, when I speak today, I'm speaking on the fact that this is what the people voted for me to do. The um, let me just go back to last year's stats and I'll kind of give you ideas. I set the stage for what we're doing for this year and what our stats are. Last year, some people don't know we run a virtual camera system for the whole state of Arizona, so it covers all the southern ca- uh, borders and some more. Last year, we had over sixty six thousand. Uh, Encounters, which is the humans, uh, the migrants have come across the border illegally. On that camera, Uh, we had twenty five thousand five hundred that were apprehended off the out of the sixty six thousand. Again, people are saying, "Well, that's not many." Well, we're a small sheriff's office, and we got (laughs) small resources, and border patrol has been stretched very, very thin. Uh, We seized one hundred nine pounds of methamphetamine last year. Um, Well, we had one thousand three hundred six smuggling. Uh, investigations in our county. That's just that's just our county. Is now.
0: that human smuggling or
2: drug drugs everything both, everything? That's just uh, uh, the smuggling, and then we uh, had eighty nine juvenile smugglers last year. These are kids under the age of eighteen that have come to Cochise County, which is primarily the case, and smuggled, and um, and ninety nine percent of that was for human smuggling. So think about a, uh, and this is ages thirteen to seventeen. So think about that a 13 year old coming to my county we had several of those last year where they came to my county to pick up people that 100% camouflage jumping in the back, back seat of the car grandma's car mom dad's car and then driving out of our county or attempting to drive out of our county before they were apprehended so uh we had 232 pursuits that we actually got our hands on the driver that were arrested 232 uh failed to yield when you arrest
0: these and they're they're like you know 12 years old do they get processed as an adult for committing an adult crime
2: ages 13 uh to 17 we remand them as adults yes
0: okay and, so anybody under that
2: yeah then we take them into the juvenile system and
0: is that why they're the the cartel are soliciting these people because they figured you know they're they're not they'll be arrested but it won't be as bad as an adult doing it
2: yes you're exactly right on that sherry the federal government has been absent to charge juveniles for the most part, and I've had debates all the way back to uh, Senator McCain, and we got to fix this, we got to fix this, yeah. because the cartels exploit that absence of the federal government's ability to do that we take responsibility and we will charge them um uh, whether it be through the juvenile courts or the remands and adults but we got to have some consequences the issue we're having is a lot of these kids are not from cochise county they're <clears throat> from everywhere but to include out of state colorado is a big one for example so we just don't release these kids we hold on to them uh like some of my deputies have said and uh, commander watkins have said is we become the babysitters until yeah. we can turn them back over to legal custody or we can get them through the system. So that's a real challenge in itself. We had 40 weapon seized last year. These are weapons that were involved, either stolen or involved in a crime of smuggling. These are all border-related things I'm talking about. And last but not least, we had 601 victims of border crimes last year in my county that's just my county 601 wow. and um so it's a real challenge and in total we had 1578 people booked in my jail last year for border crimes and out of 1578 1500 were u.s citizens everybody says what's well, the migrants we don't book people for immigration charges We don't do federal holds. These are state crimes that were violated in my county. Uh, Again, 1,578, 1,500 were U.S. citizens because it's lucrative to come from all over the country to come to Cochise County. Two of them were former cops. One was was a Tucson PD officer. The other one was out of Chicago. Uh, And they were both smuggling in my county. So do I know him? What's that? Do I know him? One was involved in an incident back in 2019 where Arizona Post actually decertified him. Uh, for some bad acts up here in Tucson. He was former from Tucson. Tucson did the right thing, got rid of him. But uh, long story short is we see all all professions, all walks of life come into Cochise County to violate uh, our laws, the rules of international crime because they're coming here to work with the criminal cartels, transnational. And it's sad. It's truly sad. So where are we at today in five months? In the first five months in a couple of days, we've had – 683 people booked in my jail for border crimes in the first five months and just a couple days in June uh, based on the stats and I shared those with you this morning Uh, out of those 683 included 121 pursuits and these are the ones we got our hands on that we didn't terminate for risk community risk or they just got away Um, under the new statute that went into effect last year September 28th of 2022 in the first three months we arrested what was it Baba uh I believe is in the area of 128. Yeah, just under the new law. In fact, I think we're the only ones in the state, thanks to our district attorney, that was prosecuting these cases. And this state's law says if you smuggle for profit, it's a class two felony. We took that very serious. We took it as a tool for law enforcement to bring consequences to the bad acts. The um, I was there when Governor Ducey signed the bill. I went up there as uh, his guest for that. This year alone, we've in the first five months we've arrested 180 in the first five months to show you how um, bad the situation is. Cost my county last year and just de- uh, detention costs for border crimes 4.3 million dollars in 12 months. This year so far 1.3 million. Wow. So let me just <laughs> say when, and this is what I call the new norm, Sherry, when it comes to what's going <clears> on. <throat> I'm going to call it I said I've been very vocal on this, not because of political reasons. So if you're out there listening and say, well, the sheriff just doesn't uh, he's playing politics. He doesn't like this, doesn't like that, or he doesn't like the president. This is not personal, folks. This is this is professional neglect by our elected leaders. And I don't care if it's a, a local. I don't care if it's a sheriff. I don't care if it's a mayor, a governor, or a president. Do your job, that the oath says, as to protect Americans and protect our citizens. Um, I call it intellectual avoidance with intended consequences. And that's what the stats show. You look at the southwest border, the stats you're still dealing with thirty five hundred to four thousand a day, not including the the give ups at the port of entries, which is another thousand to fifteen a thousand to fifteen hundred a day. So you're looking at five thousand people a day coming in this country, claiming credible fear of asylum or just coming. The law is very clear. You come across the border illegally, you're immediately expelled. Uh-huh. But we're not doing that. We're not enforcing that. And I'm tired of uh, Secretary Morikis and those saying that the border is effectively secured. If this is what you call uh, the new norm, this is what you call effective management of our border, then we're going to disagree again. So, again, it's frustrating. Then let's talk about fentanyl. Yes. 53% of all the fentanyl last year season uh, in the United States came through Arizona, which equates to, if you look at it, uh, 40. percent or uh, sixty eight million pills were seized in Arizona. Now that equates to about five, ten percent what's even coming across.
0: If you wrap your mind around that number, sixty eight million.
2: Well you want to put it in perspective 0.005 milligrams a lethal dose. That's less than a pill. And they and you come up with the simple slogan of one pill kills. kills. And but that pill could be broken up with and point zero zero five milligram is such a minute, but that's the lethal dosage; it can kill you. My whole point on this is sixty eight million so far this year. Uh, these are high stats, which is a high intensity drug trafficking for Arizona. So far this year, they've seized just under forty two million pills. So tell me, this border is effectively secured, and that's only a nominal number that we know about. And then one last thing I'll hit on the border is this. Uh, so far this year, I think we're over half a million people have got away uh, on the Southwest border, half a million people that we have no idea where they are. And look at the last two and a half years, two and a half years. Uh, we're just pushing 1.5 million people have got away that we know about. This is what we know about. And I'm going to say this, and this has been brought numerous times, but you don't hear it on national media, but this is why I like to come on your show. The federal government, <laughs> bless their heart, uh, they're, they're taking down all the aerostats.
0: The, the big aer- balloon that they told us when they originally put it up, because I lived in Sierra Vista at the time, and it was just about my backyard, they said, oh, it's a weather balloon. And I'm like, liars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so far from that. Um, but the, they they serve a purpose. They have yeah. very sophisticated camera systems on them, but that's what counts a lot of our gotaways. Yeah. And so they've taken all of them down except Why? for four. Why? I asked that question when I was in D.C. I like to ask a lot of questions. And and in in today's time, I ask more than I should have to ask. But I asked the question, why are you taking them down? They said, we're going to put up new technology, Sheriff. What is that? We haven't discovered it. That says it all. Long story short is they're taking down uh, the weather balloon, as as (laughs) you described it. Um, (laughs) uh, But these cameras on these uh, aerostats actually... Help us uh, look at the Godaway numbers. Take away the the balloons, and the other four are coming down uh, in September because the fiscal year starts October first. Okay. So, and they're not funded. They did not fund the last four. They will be down. I'll bet I'll bet you breakfast, Sherry, that next year's numbers of Godaways will be absent because they are not calculating them. Take away your calculator, and then you'll see those numbers, and they're going to hey, look at. Does it we, makes them look bad? Yes. It, it, it's not about looking bad in my opinion it's about reality what can we do collectively state local and federal to work together how can we all engage especially community leaders elected <clears throat> leaders at all levels but when you don't prioritize your southwest border you look at the fentanyl deaths the the, the poisonings however you want to look at it mm-hmm. you look at the bad people in the first three months of the this fiscal year federal fiscal year i'm using now over three thousand serious criminals were apprehended, and that's what was apprehended. We're talking murderers, rapists, child molesters, and nobody's talking about that. They're, and what they're going to tell you is, and I I've testified a couple times um, over last year in Congress. What they'll tell you is, well, they're doing a great job. What they're not telling you is what's getting away, that what's mm-hmm. posing these vulnerabilities in our communities. So this is not how you manage public safety, in my opinion, and my 39 years. So am I frustrated with it? I'm very frustrated with it, but that's why we do what we do. I have a commander that we got a lot of programs that we're doing down there and I'm very proud of that. We're going to continue to do that. I'm just asking that our federal government uh, and our state continue to, well, especially our state, our state's been a great partner. And I told Governor Hobbs when I met with her a month, two months ago, I need you as a partner. I need you as a partner. Uh, and I'm going to continue to press on that because right now our federal government's abandoned both our state and our a local law enforcement
0: that's sad to hear but i i can see where the reality of that is yes when i'm looking at these numbers and you gave me the numbers and it's
2: just shocking and this is just well you look at sherry you look at just the juveniles and this this the sheriffs and i sit yeah. as a chairman for national sheriff's border sit on western states and also southwest border past president of arizona sheriff so i'm very engaged in our sheriff's world and one thing we all engage upon is public safety, national security, and humanitarian. We're setting record numbers of people, migrants, coming across the border legally and dying on U.S. soil. In fact, last year, national sheriffs uh, and our leadership, we actually put a photo album of the over 1,300, I believe it was, 1,300 migrants that died on U.S. soil, sent them to over 3,000 sheriffs and said, engage more or less engage make a difference and yep. let's get this as, as a unified front of sheriffs we had a handful of sheriffs who said well that's offensive offensive uh, yes yeah <laughs> it is offensive when my deputies have to go out there my men and women have to go out have there have to go out there and, and process, process. These and find these family members because they've been exploited by the cartels something that's absent in these conversations and i'll make sure i make it this out today is what we're doing in Cochise county is protecting migrants Mm -hmm. Because if we're not doing it, who is? When you shove a seven-year-old girl in the back of a car and you have a 16-year-old driver, real story I'm sharing with you, uh, that goes 120, 130 miles an hour at 9 o'clock at night in the opposite lane of traffic without headlights on, who, by the way, was charged, um, and we have to interdict that, tell me that's not us protecting the migrants in the back and that seven-year-old. She oh, became yeah. a victim of that crime, by the way. So, again, we take it very serious. Uh, we just charged a guy a couple weeks ago where he flipped his car. Uh, wasn't even being chased by law enforcement. It's just the way they drive in my county. And uh, killed a migrant. Critically injured two other ones. Now, the federal government wasn't there to do anything about it. We were. He's in my jail right now for murder. So, again, that's, that's some of the cases you're seeing in front of you with the 683. By the way, out of the 683, 621 were felonies. So so imagine what my county attorney and I commend Brian McIntyre and his team for what they do, because we couldn't do without them. But we're doing everything we can to protect all involved, citizens or not.
0: Not only are you paying, being paid to clean up all these people who don't make it through the desert, which is really ugly and sad. Yes. But when somebody gets injured, like you just said, he's injured. Now he's in the hospital. Who pays that hospital bill?
1: We
2: do. We do. And uh, the helicopter rides, we're a rural county. You know how many helicopter rides have come out of my county? The state legislature just uh, awarded money for search and rescue teams, and it was based on activity levels uh, from the, the previous year. Coconino County uh, was number one. The number two county, to, uh based on rescues, recoveries, uh, was Cochise County. So we got about oh, just under half a million dollars to support that because these are volunteers, but they pay for their own gas, so you see the impact. And I, search and rescue has now become search, rescue, and recovery <laughs> yes. in many of these counties. Because yes. and we we spent I got I know my team spent looking for was it three Bob out there in one of our canyons. I don't. We still haven't found them. I think we found maybe one of them. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, and so they went out there several times, helicopter sport, just because these are family members. These are migrants that have been abandoned and died out there, and we spent we had five other ones that the consulant called us on we're out there and we spent days looking for them i think we found all about maybe one or two and and this is sad these are family members we had a we had a female mom that was being uh over the 31 foot wall in in the area which amazes me go another couple miles you can walk across but either way (laughs) so they they were uh bringing her over with a rope she got caught up in the steel the barrier and then she hung there and died now, where's humanitarian on that? Why Why is our federal government not saying, hey, we got a problem with this? If this is what you think is reasonably manageable, shame on you.
0: Wouldn't it make more sense if they advertised in Mexico and Guatemala and wherever, Honduras, wherever, that if you've got the money, instead of giving it to a coyote or whatever they call them, hire an attorney to process your paperwork so you can become a citizen and walk through the gate instead of crawling under a fence.
3: Well, well I, most sorry, wait, sir. Most of these people don't have the money. That, that's the point, and that's a true tragedy of this whole entire scenario.
0: But if is, the coyotes <clears throat> don't, the coyotes charge them?
3: Yes, but they work that off. This okay. is modern-day slavery. Oh. The people coming here, um, the, um, the majority of the migrants we see uh, from the... Northern Triangle countries, it costs $6,000 to come into Cochise County. $6,000. So So what do they
0: have to do to pay that off? They work
3: that off in sweatshops, uh, around the, around the country. And they, this is, this is the true tragedy of this. All right. And we are so tribal in this country that we can't have a genuine conversation to look at the big picture. So this is the reality. Right now, anywhere in America, a 12, 13-year-old kid not being monitored by their parents gets on a social media app. Within two searches, they can be recruited by a cartel member, by an actual one of the worst human beings on the planet. They're directly communicating with some kid in Ohio. He flies into Phoenix, uses his mom's Toro app to rent a car, drives to Cochise County. We had one at 12 years old last week. Drive into Cochise County, being promised $2,500 per migrant to transport these people in head-to-toe camouflage uh, to Phoenix. That's all they got to do is get them to the stash houses in Phoenix. Now, on the flip side of that, no matter which end of the political spectrum you fall, that in and of itself is a tragedy. You couple that with, no matter who these people are, okay, they are promised a shot at the American way of life, and after the journey they face to get here. Not even talking about the, in the slavery that they have to go into to pay off that debt. They traverse 9,000-foot mountains or climb over a 33-foot wall. They do not deserve to be getting thrown into a trunk of a car, being driven by a 12-year-old kid who the cartel is actively telling them flee from law enforcement. They, if, you do, if you get caught, either one, we're going to harm you, or two, uh, you're not getting paid. So a 12-year-old kid has $10,000 worth of uh, cargo in the back of that car. Flip that, <clears throat> $6,000 to come from the Northern Triangle countries into Cochise County. Now, if they have the money, it only costs $1,000 uh, to transport you from the same area to uh, Del Rio or Yuma, where they are uh, lined up in lines of 100 to just give up and, and be processed by Border Patrol. But it costs $6,000 to come into Cochise County. If you're from India or China, it costs $24,000 to get you here into Cochise County and
0: they go into this <clears throat> slavery program yes too?
3: the majority of the people that our team interacts with they're given a cell phone and they're passed off from handler to handler along the way they don't have contact with anyone else they don't have their own cell phone they don't have any of that they're given a handler and then once they get to Phoenix they're given new cell phones and they they have an idea of where they're going but they have to work that off how's that okay S-
0: that's not okay and the handler is in other words a coyote type person
3: A handler is a cartel member someone oh. working for one of the most dangerous and most sophisticated entities the world has ever seen
2: and, okay. there are, and their operational plans and will is stronger than ours i'll, I'll just be honest with you i mean look at the good vice president our borders are was just in arizona this week I uh, went up to the Gila river, which I don't uh, criticize her visit. I criticize her inability to come to the border. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm sorry if people say, "Well, that's that's wrong, sheriff." No, what's wrong yeah. is I couldn't imagine treating my citizens and neglecting them like I'm seeing with this administration. It, you have to
0: represent everybody, not the chosen few.
2: That's right. And uh, right now, our number one epidemic in this country is poisonings. Yeah, young people. From eighteen to forty five, forty six years of age are dying three hundred or yeah three hundred a day. I think it is right now. Hold, we set records last year. One hundred thousand, I think, we went over one hundred thousand last year. But we won't go to the border. And ninety percent of all illicit drugs come through our southwest border, folks. We got to secure the border.
0: We're going to take a quick break when we come back. I want to talk about the the cartel who are actually running Mexico instead of the government. We'll take a few
4: on august 5th at the burger theater located at 1200 west speedway starting at 10 a.m law matters live radio show is hosting a free double feature movie event on two very serious topics every parent needs to be aware of we're making it free because we want to see you there bring your friends get out of the heat and learn what dangers today's kids are facing and how you can help them avoid becoming a victim details on the event page on lawmatters1030.org website see you there
3: To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to two three three seven three three. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ites.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash bluecampaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. This is Deputy Chuuk with Pima County Search and Rescue, reminding you that infants and toddlers do not experience heat as adults do. Consider this when bringing your young ones on a hike in temperatures of over 80 degrees. You do not want to risk that child having heat stroke or being arrested for child endangerment. If you're thinking of a trek through nature, plan ahead, look ahead, and use your head. Your future depends on it. Save your phone's battery life so when you get lost, we may contact you. Wearing bright colors that can be seen from a
4: distance helps the effort. On August 5th, located at 1200 West Speedway starting at 10 a.m., Law Matters live radio show is hosting a free double feature movie event on two very serious topics every parent needs to be aware of. We are making it free because we want to see you there. Bring your friends, get out of the heat, and learn what dangers today's kids are facing and how you can help them avoid becoming a victim details on the event page on lawmatters1030.org website see you there
0: hi we're back (laughs) okay i want to i want to understand i all this stuff is coming over the border and it's being operated by the cartel i mean they're they're huge obviously present why isn't the mexican government getting involved
2: sherry this is this is an opinion now Uh, i shared a lot of stats with you this morning and, and a couple opinions too uh based on the stats but when in our county we can go to different spots on the u.s side looking at looking across the border into mexico and we see the scouts the ones that actually navigate these groups across the border they look at us we look at them they're up on mount ridges we can see them with our scopes all across the border now there's no clue that the these are cartel members. It's no clue the federal government, or excuse me, the Mexican government doesn't know they're there. We know they're there. Uh, we've seen shootings down in Mexico where the local law enforcement everybody just leaves town. Cartels mm-hmm. come in, in the back of pickups trucks and just shoot people in the street. We've seen it. Wow. And then when it's over, the cops come back in town. Uh, those communities in Mexico, cartels leave. The the points made, and so. There's no doubt, and you talk to anybody, an expert on the cartels and the border, they'll tell you the cartels are running in the southwest, primarily on the southwest border uh, in Mexico. They de- they dictate what comes across that border. People say, well, why don't, why don't the people come here? Why don't they do this? A, the cartels control that. Just to come in the southern part of um, – just south of – in Mexico, south of uh, Cochise County, you have to pay $1,200 just to enter the region of Mexico before you even pay a fee. Uh I was talking to one of our reporters who just went down there, and they were telling me about this and uh but it's no secret to any of us. I mean cartels are prominent they're influential, and they control it and it's very, very sad and but also it's culturally accepted in mexico and I, there's great, great people to live in Mexico. I feel for them, but it's the way the business is being done down there, and uh
0: even the president of the country is. Secondary to the cartel.
2: Yes, and you hear some of his statements. I mean, I don't want the U.S. involved. Why would you not? Why don't we... We have to have Mexico as a partner in this. Yeah, why aren't we working together? We have to. We truly do. And even the Mexican president had made the comment that... um, And it wasn't good toward the U.S. when it comes to our administration. So, and I don't remember the exact words, so I don't want to misstate it, but the bottom line is this, is we have to have Mexico as a partner if we're ever going to solve this. But until then... We do have the control to secure our border. So let's do that.
0: Is Mexico working with China? Because I understand a lot of the, the chemicals that are used to make these pills comes from China into Mexico. And then Mexico makes the pills and drags it over the border to America.
2: 100%. The cursors that make oh, the fentanyl and all these um, bad drugs come from China. They're processed in Mexico and shipped into the US from there. And it's no longer even though the southwest border is the prominent entry point for illicit drugs, you got coastal and you got northern that have seen an increase too, talking to my fellow sheriffs and our federal partners. And I say federal partners, I'm talking about those who wear a badge. You know, Raul Ortiz, let me say thank you for him as a chief from Border Patrol. Did an amazing job for for them. Rodney Scott, former chief. uh and now we have Jesse coming in. Um I met Jesse a couple of times. So if you wear a badge for CBP, that's usually not where the problem starts. I can promise you that. I, I applaud our CBP agents out there doing everything they can in some very challenging times right now.
0: it's It's scary is what it is. I've never <laughs> it seen is. it
2: like this. Well, when you make the rule of law subjective and you soak it down with politics, it's going to taste bad. Right now it tastes bad.
0: And policing shouldn't be political. It's Never. about the people. It's not about politics.
2: And sheriffs have a uh, have the ability since they're elected to speak out on this. And when when sheriffs ignore, you know, we, we're sheriffs are very. and I've said this in my national sheriff's Western Arizona and Southwest border. We're very easy to criticize those that don't step up for the rule of law. I'll just say that. But what we're not good at is calling out another sheriff that because they're one of our own that failed to do that too. So my thought is, I don't. it doesn't matter to me. I've been doing this 39 years, and I take a lot of pride in what I do and a lot of passion. If you're a sheriff and you, you're my colleague, but you ignore the rule of law or you ignore the fact that the border's not secure, shame on you. I'll call you out. I'll definitely call you out because you affect not just your county, but you affect the state of Arizona that we all share governor hobbs and i've already spoke about this to include the national folks about we all have to stand united on this we do
0: yeah there's there's really no choice it's not gee should we
2: it's not subjective yeah yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: i i keep saying this leadership is no longer safe it's risk leadership and you have to take risk in our positions and if you're so worried whether you're a congressional person working in dc or you're a mayor if you're worried about being reelected you're serving the wrong mission
0: Yes, and I I see a lot of that going on locally. So let me ask you this, I and mean, this is off the topic a little bit. Do you have issues with like smash and grabs down in Cochise County, where people go in and smash retail stores and take what they want?
2: We don't. Um, and let me give a stat that I think is really important, and then I'll answer that question. Eighty-eight percent of all the police in this country is rural, which means by definition. It's just uh, less than 100 sworn officers or deputies. We're at 99. I refuse to go to 100 because I don't want to be an urban. And I'm not being mean. you got a great police chief here in Tucson uh, with Chad. But the bottom line is this. We enforce the rule law in rural communities because we have community members that say, "Sheriff, sure, that's what we want. So you go smash in our county, we're coming after you. I I promise you you steal a car we hold you accountable uh as you see 683 people that came in our county to commit state violations <clears throat> there's going to be consequences for them and I
0: think that's part of it too people will break the law and in some areas they're not holding them accountable so they continue to break the law and it's actually kind of a game hey we can go do this let's go in that store and rob that place and get away
2: with it well and that's what you see every night chicago i mean these bigger cities, these urban communities where, uh, and I feel for those officers too, I don't blame the officers I blame the leadership of these cities uh, when you say it's okay you know, and I was just in Michigan for a national sheriff's a uh, week ago, and beautiful community I was in, but the the lawlessness, up and down the streets burnouts, I mean drug deals I mean no registration I mean just on and on, and I asked a couple of law enforcement folks, they go, hey what's going on how can you guys aren't trying to couldn't manage this yeah and they were told they can't they can't chase they can't do this and that's what you have that's the consequences of lack of rule of the law so i sh- i always say uh, look and see who's leading that and i'll see that they'll tell you where the problem lies so again we don't have that problem down in Cochise county and a lot of the rural counties don't because we still believe in it and we still carry out the the expectations of our citizens
0: that's perfect yeah. everybody should be doing that i agree so Okay, I know you had a visit down at the border.
2: Yes, we had Governor uh, Ron DeSantis from Florida, and let me give a little insight on that. Uh, people are like, well, that's all political. Well, yeah, he's running for president of the United States. I wish him well. Uh, I don't endorse candidates, so whatever happens, I happens, don't and the, the people will make a decision from there. But I do want to commend the governor in the fact that in January uh, he reached out to national sheriffs, and this is what they've done in Florida, which I think is pretty unique. Is their supermajority uh, House and Senate in Florida allocated $12 million to find measures to keep crime out of their state? Now, let me, I, I didn't know much about Governor Santos, uh, but the Florida Sheriff Association, the High Patrol, and other law enforcement have rallied around this governor like nobody I've ever seen. I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's so nice. In fact, we're gonna be in Florida in a couple of weeks speaking to him. I'm gonna go down there with and Commander Watkins, but, and some other sheriffs. But long story short is, so they reached out to me on behalf of national sheriffs uh, and we've involved the Western and Southwest border to how, we, how Governor DeSantis and his law enforcement and Florida sheriffs can partner with other sheriffs, other police chiefs, troopers to say, how do we how do we work together to keep it out of our state, but also help America? And that's really what it is: human trafficking, for example, fentanyl, like we've talked about this morning, smuggling, whether they become servant as Commander Watkins says, modern day slavery. Which I hundred percent agree with. How can we all work together in a unified front? This is a first of its kind for a governor to do what he's doing. And I commend Governor Abbott for the many things he's done. I commend Governor Ducey when he was here. Worked very close. I miss him. Um, I do, too. I I do. And I'm saying that complimentary based on his action, his interaction to engage in a problem and recognize it. But if you go back to Governor Ducey, I'm going to sidestep here for a minute. At the state of the state, every year, what was the first thing he always said? My number one priority is public safety for this state and his actions spoke it god bless him uh so again it goes back to governor desantis doing this so i've been working with him for about six months now in his team Uh, i invited him to Cochise county to meet with my community meet with law enforcement meet some other sheriffs he came out there and i couldn't be more pleased with what this man is trying to do um and people like i said if you want to spin it make it political that's on you um the bottom line: He's a sitting governor. He's doing things that I wish every governor and every governor should do. It shouldn't even be a subjective. Shall do is protect your state and protect this country
0: in any way you can.
2: In any way you can. That's right. Legally,
0: of course. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, Legally, it's, that, it's those headlines. Sheriff didn't say any way he can. It didn't say
0: it legally. <laughs> no. I can see it now. Yes. Okay. What else is going on
2: down there? Um, Let me go back to Governor DeSantis if I could. So the Western State Sheriff Association actually came out with a resolution supporting Governor DeSantis for his actions to help lead this and unify this. Uh, And also uh, all governors and elected leaders that are stepping up doing the same thing. I challenge Governor DeSantis and their attorney general to unify attorney generals across the United States and their colleagues and all the governors to stand united absent politics. So that's what this resolution is all about. National Sheriff's got a thing on the front of their page uh, talking about Governor DeSantis. So, again, law enforcement needs a leader like this. They truly do. Uh, Again, Governor Abbott, I've met with him twice now uh, since he's been the governor. I was just there several months ago. Very impressed with Governor Abbott, too. And I'm just going to throw that. And there's a lot of governors out there that truly believe in the rule of law. That's what this boils down to, And uh, enforcing that. I'll stand behind anybody that does that.
0: Um uh, DeSantis is being sued for, um, bussing migrants elsewhere. Is right. that, is that true?
2: I, I don't know if he is being sued. I, I I've, I've, heard, I heard, the, heard, I've heard the criticism, but I don't know about the lawsuit.
0: Okay. Do they bus these people to cities that aren't, um, sanctuary cities?
2: You know, I'm not part of that, so I don't that, know, but I don't I was want
0: thinking. The, well, if they're a sanctuary city.
2: Let me just make a statement <laughs> on that. And, and I've said this on national news too, is if you claim to be a sanctuary city and you turn the green light on mm-hmm. and you've said that with comfort over the years mm-hmm. where this problem hasn't existed. And now that they're sending them to you and now you're complaining, I'll, I'll just use Mayor Adams on New York who wore a badge. And I'm just going to say that. I won't say any more on that. But you claim to be a sanctuary city where you're there. Bring him here. And now that you're over with, a, I think, the largest city in the country with more resources than anybody, especially the 88% that I talked about, and now you're complaining, where were you two years ago? Yeah. Where were you two years ago? You should have been down here engaging us and trying to find solutions In And again, the only way this can be fixed is we change the will, we prioritize it in Washington, D.C., that goes for Congress too, and then we work with our communities to make it better. And until that happens, we're in trouble. You're not a sanctuary city. We, no. I don't think there's any city in Co- or in the state of Arizona that's sanctuary. So, Phoenix isn't? I don't think they've actually, uh, I know. I don't know. I don't think they are, but I might be wrong on that. But I don't think so. I don't think there's anyone that actually designated themselves as sanctuary. Uh, they lean that way, but whether they're actually that. Designated, job. Yes, I don't think so
0: what does it take to because that's one of my i'm going to have some people on who are running for mayor on uh, a couple of weeks what does it take to be a sanctuary city does do you, is it a vote or is it something that's declared by city council is it's kind of scary and I, i'm one of my questions is do you want it to be a sanctuary city because if you say yes i'm not going to vote for
2: you right <laughs> and and, and and I don't know if there's actually a formality behind it, but like New York, I mean, they're openly Colorado for uh, Denver, and those places are openly uh, Seattle. They, I mean, they openly express it uh, with their leadership of the city. Now, so it's whether, not
0: some form you have to fill out or anything. It's no, just, there's,
2: there's, there's, I don't think there's a, anything formal on it stuff. Just, but, but you can't be that way, and then when it happens, say no, no, this is wrong. No, you, <laughs> I mean, you chose, you chose to partake in that. You know, America's human driven let's be the right. first to say that we're right. humanitarians from the bottom up and uh so to have to claim our sanctuary is a step i don't understand i mean we, we've always take care we always take care of each other i mean we should that's what makes america great but they've taken it to a level that i don't know i think it just creates division i really do i mean i just think it's the wrong way to go and i agree with you sherry it's like we should all take care of each other but i'm also believe in america 1st I mean, let's take care of each other first.
0: Absolutely, and John just said Phoenix is not a sanctuary city. So,
2: see, I didn't, right. so. Yeah. I, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. No either. idea. I don't think there's any city. Last I heard, in Arizona,
0: governing the country starts from the bottom up. But the things that uh, have affected me or had my antennas go up or all this criticism of law enforcement let's dismantle the fbi and you know dea and whatever other atf all these organizations what's the matter with people i'm asking you because you're supposed to know
2: well (laughs) i wish i had all those answers um but either way i had the opportunity several months ago to meet with chris race the fbi director uh they reached out through me through the national sheriff so i grabbed a couple other um very engaged, active sheriffs throughout the country. And We met him in Washington D.C. and I, a couple of things I hit on. I'll share with you and your viewers. First thing I talked about is having his the agents here step up and start supporting the Border Patrol (CBP). We've had a huge increase when it comes to the assaults and deadly encounters uh, on the border in Cochise County, and so. It shouldn't be a fight to get the FBI, out the FBI, which has primary jurisdiction on any FBI assault or shooting. That hasn't been the case. So I talked to him about that. He agreed with me. Um, ironically, that same night we had a significant assault on an agent in my county. That same night, right after this conversation with the director, the FBI declined to come out. Uh, by 11 o'clock, they were out there. So something did change a little bit. So I appreciate the director's messaging on that. Hopefully that had an impact in their response. But also I want to share this too with you. I asked the FBI director after talking about the border, I said, I, I want to shift gears with you, director. 229 cops were killed in this country last year. Yeah. And these are community assets, community partners, community neighbors. And I said, out of the 229 cops, how many did the president of the United States vice president or his cabinet attend their funerals and he and he looked at me i said i think we both know the answer and i said i'm going to and and the director goes sheriff that's close to my heart and i said director what do you mean by that and he goes to me he goes sheriff he goes every cop killed in this country whether it's uh no matter whether it's a sheriff's deputy or a police officer i contact the sheriff or the police chief and share my condolences i said thank you for doing that director and i'll challenge you on behalf of national sheriffs the 3,000 sheriffs that serve i said I need you to start get our federal government back engaged with supporting our law enforcement because until that happens we're going to have those that evil that believes it's okay to assault it's okay to, to injure and okay to kill law enforcement it's not they're so, not the enemy <laughs> no we're not the enemy we're your neighbor that we're a uniform to make, try to make our ma- community safe do we have that one percent even if that they do bad things, and that wear the badge, of course. And I, I'm a big proponent. Hold them accountable.
0: Absolutely. Hold anybody who's doing bad things accountable. That's it's, right. It just doesn't make sense. And that's one of the things that I think the media is <clears throat> is to blame on a lot of this because, and we just had a situation, they'll focus on one little incident, one little piece of the film of whatever the incident is, and not focus on, the crime that was being committed the reason the officer was there to begin with and let's see the entire film let's see all you know 30 minutes i know you want to say something (laughs) all 30 minutes before you know this happened so
3: the media loves to capitalize upon emotion and and they drive a specific narrative And I like to think that our local uh, entities are immune from that, but we actually just had an incident where, unfortunately, a dog mauled and killed an Mm -hmm. 83-year-old woman Mm -hmm. and significantly injured another person. The headline for that was cops shoot dog,
2: not dog mauls 83-year-old victim. Wow. Wow. It's, well, not, it, it's, it's all about sensation. And you're right. And my commander is 100% correct on that is how can we shift the headline to spark some interest, some sensation, some emotion, but it's not in favor of law enforcement?
0: No. And I, I think it's it's spread and people are, you know, oh, law enforcement, they're bad people. Well, guess what? Without law enforcement, this would be one hell of a place to live. 100%. So... So what else do you do? Well, tell me about you. We've only got a few minutes left, but we don't know anything about you.
3: Uh, I don't really do that much. I'm not really that uh that That's not what he tells me, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it uh, I don't know how much time you have, but if while I do have you, um, if your listeners would do one thing, and this is really passionate to me, the 601 uh, Victims the Sheriff was referencing, I need to add some context to that. So prior to March of 2022, um, we didn't collect stats on border-related incidents because it wasn't our purview, it wasn't our uh, lane. And in October 30th of uh, 2021, we had an unfortunate incident. A lady by the name of Wanda Satoshi was uh, on her way to her 65th birthday party. And <clears throat> prior to this, we knew that smuggling and pursuits were a problem, but we didn't realize the gravity of it. This woman was on her way to her 65th birthday. She had just retired. She's going to meet her son. She's traveling northbound on Highway 90 in Whetstone, Arizona. At the same time, a 16 year old kid. Uh, smuggling uh, two migrants in the trunk of his car. Uh, was involved in a pursuit earlier, uh, about 15 miles earlier in Tombstone. He failed to yield for the Tombstone Marshals. They canceled. But the guy continued driving in excess of 100 miles an hour in a 50-mile-an-hour zone. He traveled through the intersection of highways 82 and 90 at the same time Wanda was and he hit her at over a hundred miles an hour and split her car in two. Oh my god! She died in a fiery inferno. Her son was traveling through that same intersection, saw the car, and did not even re- uh, recognize her. Okay, so that spawned a debate between the sheriff and I because I'm a traditional cop and I I love rules and I you know I'm very black and white about things. And uh, the sheriff is like, we need to start doing things proactively to flee uh, to catch these people we need to start changing our operational practices we need to start chasing them i'm like sheriff no we, we we can't this is not the norm we need to be consistent with the national practices no we can't the debate between the two of us was pretty intense all the way up until february 28th of uh 2022 um that night a 17 year old kid Traveled from Mesa, Arizona, went down to, uh, to Hereford, Arizona, picked up four migrants. Actually, let me back up just one day. Uh, before this incident, I'm walking uh, my dog, and I, wor- I live in a rural area that's recessed from any major thoroughfares or anything, and my seven-year-old son at the time is walking our dog. That dog pulls my son into the intersection of this non-busy road. And you know, wasn't a big deal. Twenty-four hours to the hour later, this smuggler I was telling you about, loaded with four migrants, traveled through that same intersection at over a hundred miles an hour. There's speed bumps there. Okay, so right in front of my house, and uh, with no one chasing him. And what had happened is he had uh, picked up four migrants. He um, Border Patrol t- tried to pull him over. They canceled. Um, And the guy continued to drive with reckless disregard, actively trying to push people off the road, driving at 100 miles an hour through residential neighborhoods. The guy continued uh, north, and luckily we had a Border Patrol helicopter in the air, um, and they were monitoring it. The guy started driving 130 miles an hour into oncoming traffic um, on Highway 90 toward Tucson with his headlights off. And this is, by this time, it's roughly 7.30 uh, at night. One of my own lieutenants was traveling southbound on Highway 90 during this. So that's your active shooter. That is that is more dangerous than anything else that you can imagine. A 16-year-old kid traveling at over 130 miles an hour in oncoming traffic. How, how is this okay? So following that incident, we ended up hitting him. And the kid, when, when he was... uh apprehended the law enforcement uh, he was very arrogant didn't care at all so as a result of that conversation we changed our operational practices and started a lot of innovative uh, ideas to combat this um, but those 601 incidents those are actually victims uh, migrants that were kidnapped in the trunk of the cars of people driving like that so we had 601 migrants that were feloniously victimized between march 1st and december 31st
0: wow that's scary i'm sorry i have no words i we're gonna close the show out on on that note and i'm i'm hoping people realize who you elect matters yes who you put in office matters we need to put a stop to this and i thank you for sharing it thank you for coming up here bright and early in the morning and until next week, shop local, stay safe, and don't forget to go to the movie on August 5th.
4: ABOI Cortero, AM 1030, The Voice of Tucson, Trusted Local News and Talk, Bustos Media Station.